Chapter 11 of Og, Son of Fire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Liam Fricker. Og, Son of Fire by Irving Crump. Chapter 11 Fire. Og paid small heed to the tree people who gathered at a safe distance to watch him. This task of skinning the great cave tiger was too absorbing and too important. He walked diligently until the sun was overhead before he had the huge pelt removed and spread out on the surface of a sun-warm rock to dry. He fancied the long knife-like claws of the great cat, and with his stone hammer he broke all of these off. He wanted the sabres too, the long tusks that protruded from the upper jaw and were almost as long as his forearm. With his stone hammer, he broke these off and laid them aside with his other trophies. All this accomplished, he sat down to rest and sucked the blood from his messy fingers. It was then he realized for the first time that he was hungry. But the strong, unsavory cat flesh did not appeal to him despite the fact that he had not tasted meat for several days. With his flint knife, he hacked a muscle from the carcass and tried it. It was not pleasant, and he flung it to the wolf cubs. They devoured it greedily and turned to the carcass for more, and Og knew that with the help of the vultures that already circled overhead or sat hunched on nearby rocks, they would soon leave nothing but gnawed bones to remind the tree people of the terrible cave-dwelling tiger. His hunger recalled to Og, and the tree people had provided him with food. He looked out toward the mouth of the canyon, where a number of them were gathered in little groups in trees and on top of rocks, watching him curiously, and he noted with a sense of satisfaction as he watched them, they became uneasy and chattered among themselves and some that had ventured a little too far from the security of the trees scrambled back and took refuge among the palm tops. Nor did they jab at him divisively, as a people did at heavy folk when they felt safely out of reach. They held him in awe, and Og knew that his triumph over Sabretooth was accountable for it. Even the powerful Scarface and his band of warriors moved to a distance with the others. Og was elated, nor was he slow to take advantage of this new situation. With a rolling walk that had about it a faint suggestion of swagger, he walked to the mouth of the canyon and looked at the flat rock on which the tree people had each day placed the fruit and nuts that were his food. It was bare. He looked at it in silence for a moment, then up among the palms at the peering, chattering tree people. In the fiercest voice he could muster, he began shouting for food, at the same time brandishing his stone hammer. Much to his satisfaction, his easily interpreted actions caused a commotion among the ape-men, and forthwith Scarface and a number of others began chattering loudly, and presently the whole horde was scurrying about among the treetops. Og, with the demeanour of a tyrant, which he ready felt himself to be, walked back to his tiger skin and sat there watching. 
and before long he was gratified to see timid treefolk hurrying toward the food rock with armfuls of fruit and it was not long before they had deposited there a pile of food that was staggering in its proportions it contained more than all could eat in many days all of which gave the primitive boy grim satisfaction he was fast beginning to feel his importance as a slayer of the cave tiger and it delighted him to see that the tree people were all to fear by his prowess still his fast developing egotism did not overbalance his discretion for that night and many nights thereafter he and the wolf cubs sought out protecting rocks on the sloping sides of the canyon behind which to crouch and slumber nor did the fact that he was held in awe and feared by the tree people incline him toward being a bully and a despot og was developing too swiftly for that there were too many things he wanted to do and he did not want to spare time to make life miserable for scarface and his people through their fear of him true he did demand that they bring him food but that was no hardship indeed it soon became apparent that this was in the nature of a pleasure for the ape people for daily scores of the food carriers gathered among the rocks and trees at the mouth of the canyon and watched him as he went about accomplishing the things that he set out to do they watched him with curiosity that only ape folk can display and many of them tried to imitate him in some of the things he did especially was this true of scarface the leader of the tree folk when all chipped stone diligently for half a day scarface and several other of the tree men after watching him in silence for a time would get two stones and knock them together too and watch the result curiously but of course they never achieved anything from their effort for they had no object in knocking the stones together in the first place save that of imitating the hairy boy og spent a great deal of time knocking stones together for he had a real object he was determined to find out how to get the fire from the black rock in a form that would make it of service to him as a protector and to furnish him light and heat and cook his food og thought longingly of the fire-scorched horse that he had first eaten and he was determined if it were possible to once again eat cooked meat for that reason he spent days at a time walking the piece of flint rock that gave off the sparks each time he struck it against another stone he tried every way he could think of to catch the fire but not once was his patient effort rewarded with even the tiniest spiral of smoke still he kept at his work with determination time and again he held sticks against the black stone and watched the results eagerly he struck the stone against the stick for hours at a time until he wore out the stick yet the result was always the same when he struck stone against stone he always got sparks yet neither stone would catch fire og walked and worried and fretted and tired his brain out trying to accomplish the thing he desired he had set himself a veritable workshop there in the canyon under the shelter of some big boulders there he kept his precious tiger skin and the claws and teeth and there he kept choice pieces of wood that he hoped some day to make into torches his hammers 
for he had made several now that he had found an interest in making things his stone knives for he had wrought several of these with patience chipping and numerous pieces of flint that he had gathered up about the canyon always he sat on a smooth flat rock to work at his stone chipping and beneath this rock was the litter of stone chips and most conspicuous of all a pile of splintered wood some of it ground almost to powder as a result of his almost incessant beating of flint against wood and wood against flint in his vain hope of transferring the sparks from the stone to a torch of course og did not realize it but this litter of powdery splinters of wood was the key to the solution of his problem and doubtless he would have gone on with his patient experimenting for days with his fire material close at hand had it not been for a fortunate accident the heavy boy found a new piece of the black fire rock a large piece twice as big as his head and he carried it from a remote corner of the canyon back to his workshop beside the flat stone here he dropped it on the ground and surveyed it reflectively it was much too large to do anything with and he realized that pieces of it could be more easily handled he decided to break it into fragments and forthwith he smote it a terrible blow with his stone hammer a perfect shower of sparks and a ruined stone hammer rewarded him for the flint was a terrifically hard smoothed grain piece and not easily broken Ark looked at the shattered hammer head ruefully and then at the flint then he gave a sharp cry of astonishment for behold from the pile of litter from the powdered wood splinters a tiny spiral of smoke curled up while a spark glowed before his eyes for a moment og did not know just what to do suddenly he recalled that this fire thing was a peculiar animal that could be both killed and brought to life by breathing on it but before he could put this thought into action the whistle spunk went out and the glowing spark became black in vain did he try to nurse it back to life it was gone og's disappointment was overwhelming for a little while he just crouched there in dejection looking at the pile of splinters and wood dust but presently he roused himself and began to ponder the matter he ran his fingers through the wood dust and realized that it was soft and pulpy he remembered too how much more readily soft wood had burned in his first fire and wondered whether that was not the solution of the whole problem he let the great piece of flint lie where it was and finding a heavy stone that he could conveniently handle he crashed it down upon the fire rock with as much force as he used when he had shattered his stone hammer once more there was a shower of sparks and once more a tiny spiral of smoke began to rise from the litter of wood dust og was quickly on his knees this time breathing on the glowing spark and as he blew against it softly he saw it increase in size and grow brighter and the smoke wisp growing larger and larger suddenly with a tiny explosive sound the live coal leaped into a flame and og with a cry of elation hastily began to feed it wood splinters until presently his whole heap of litter was alive and burning and a smoke column was rising skyward that night was the first 
since the beginning of time that a campfire glowed in the canyon and the tree people from the safety of the tall palm trees watched it with a sense of fear for to them it seemed like the eye of another giant more formidable even than the cave tiger looking at them through the blackness end of chapter eleven